Alzheimer's disease, what you need to know, and how you can help. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we were going to discuss a condition that affects a lot of families, Alzheimer's disease. I'm Mike Davis, and Dr. Brian Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex, North Carolina. And Dr. Forrest, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you introduce our special guest. Thanks, Mike. We are honored to have Taylor Wilson from the Alzheimer's Association with us today. She's agreed to join us and provide some information and insights about Alzheimer's disease. Thanks for being here, Taylor. We are so glad you could join us today. Please tell us a little bit about your organization. Thank you for having me, Dr. Forrest. Uh, The Alzheimer's Association is a global organization that is working to advance care, support, and research across the world. Uh, From face-to-face support to online education programs and promising worldwide research initiatives, the money that we raise through events like Walk to End Alzheimer's help make a difference in the lives of those facing Alzheimer's. We know in North Carolina, more than 180,000 people are living with Alzheimer's disease and over 356,000 family and friends are providing care. But the Alzheimer's Association across North Carolina is here to help. We provide education and support to all of those facing Alzheimer's and other dementias throughout our community, including those living with the disease, caregivers, healthcare professionals, and families. I have the great honor here at the Alzheimer's Association to serve as the regional research champion because the Alzheimer's Association is dedicated to providing more information about the life-changing research that we fund to the general public. So thank you for having me today. Yeah, and Taylor, could you sort of give us just an overview of Alzheimer's disease, kind of discuss, you know, how many people are actually affected? Absolutely. So. We hear a lot of terms used interchangeably, dementia and Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's and dementia, but actually it's not interchangeable. Dementia is not a single disease. It's an umbrella term that covers a wide range of specific medical conditions that include Alzheimer's disease. Disorders grouped under this general term of dementia are caused by abnormal brain changes. Dementia is not a normal part of aging, neither is Alzheimer's. And they trigger a decline in cognitive abilities, Uh, things like things that impair impair your activities of daily living. They can affect behavior, feelings, and relationships. But Alzheimer's is the most common form or common cause of dementia. Um, And it's a term for memory loss and cognitive abilities that severely limit your ability to function day to day. Alzheimer's disease accounts for 60 to 80% of dementia cases. And there are currently 6 million Americans worldwide who are affected. Wow. Well, you know, having had people in my own family experience that, I know that many times the family and caregivers also have a lot to deal with. I know that some people have argued that this disease affects family members and caregivers almost as much as the actual patient. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. We understand that caregivers provide a significant number of hours of unpaid care and that that care can sometimes be hours that are a little bit more stressful or more emotionally taxing than with other diseases. So we understand that our caregivers being our first line of care and keeping individuals home for longer with this disease are incredibly important to this cause. 
We provide caregiver support groups and online education for caregivers to help alleviate some of the stress. We also provide tips to family members who are trying to help caregivers in their lives to help them best support the caregiver. We understand that there are opportunities where sitting with the loved one to give the caregiver a break can make a tremendous impact in their overall mental and emotional well-being, while also providing opportunities to do things like house chores, errands, things that decrease the stress and the demands on the person caregiving for someone with dementia. We know that this is the most expensive disease in America today because of the cost of care, and caregivers can truly uh, help, you know, alleviate some of that cost by keeping someone at their home for longer, we just run into the issue of caregiver burnout. So we try and support caregivers as much as we possibly can through all of the different programs that are available. And you can visit alz.org to find out more about our caregiver support resources. Yeah, I, I know that I see, you know, in my role, I see a lot of patients that are taking care of parents uh, or other family members. And honestly, it seems like, you know, it's not Alzheimer's that that person has, the family member, but caring for the person with Alzheimer's really takes a toll uh, on the health of the caregiver. I know you mentioned burnout, um, but burnout, you know, manifests itself sometimes as people's, you know, blood pressure being less well-controlled, their diabetes being less well-controlled because that stress increases hormones that increases blood sugar. So, you know, again, I think this is one of those diseases that, you know, it has actually health impacts on family members that are farther reaching than the impacts it has on the actual people. So I'm glad you guys offer those support services. And I, I know there's a lot of research um, that's been going on, you know, uh, for decades, uh, trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's, uh, treatments for Alzheimer's, um, you know, and we've been fairly frustrated with, you know, we ha haven't got a cure. Um, we haven't had any, you know, terrific things at this point. Uh, but do you have any um, estimates on research dollars spent on Alzheimer's um, and, and any promising new research in terms of things that may treat Alzheimer's that might be going on? Well, so I do say that the Alzheimer's Association is the third largest funder of Alzheimer's research in the world, which is something that I'm very proud uh, to be a part of this organization and share. In fact, we're committed to it, um, you know, to, to advocating for the needs and rights of those facing Alzheimer's disease and advancing the critical research towards methods of treatment and prevention. Uh, currently, the association is investing over $310 million in more than 950 projects in 48 countries. Wow. which is incredible um, to, to have that. And the only way that we're able to make that investment is truly because of the events that we have, like Walk to End Alzheimer's and, you know, uh, you know, the longest day, different events that we have around the country where we have caregivers and families who have seen what dementia does to a loved one who come together to do fundraising to really join the fight to end Alzheimer's. And we're starting to see uh, some impacts of how that, kind of research and that investment in research is maturing. In fact, this past Tuesday, the companies iSci and Biogen announced positive top line results from their phase three Clarity AD clinical trial of lecanemab. Uh, lecanemab is an anti-amyloid monoclonal antibody for the treatment of mild cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's disease. 
and mild Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, the anti-amyloid antibody therapy targets the hallmark of Alzheimer's disease or one of the one of the hallmarks, which is the buildup of beta amyloid in the brain. The company stated that the trial met all primary and secondary endpoints and slowed the rate of cognitive decline by 27%. And on behalf of the more than 6 million Americans living with Alzheimer's disease and their families, the Alzheimer's Association welcomes the top line data recently reported. We look forward to hearing a deeper dive into the data from the trial at the clinical trials in Alzheimer's disease meeting in November. But if that data is consistent with what we saw in the announcement regarding the efficacy and safety, the Alzheimer's Association will strongly support the FDA approval and full coverage. Yeah, I think uh, I think the thing that's different this time maybe is that, you know, a lot of the treatments in the past have been focused on you know, increasing neurotransmitters, things like acetylcholine in the brain, and just trying to sort of, you know, put a Band-Aid on the problem. And I think when when you start looking at some of these monoclonal antibodies and some of these modern technologies, you're actually doing something that may prevent progression um, physiologically rather than just sort of covering up the symptoms of progression. And so that's one of the things I'm really excited about. Um, what, when do you think that uh, these new therapies potentially would be up for FDA approval? We can't speculate about when that process will happen, but we do know that these are the most encouraging results in clinical trials treating the underlying cause of Alzheimer's. Like you said, to date, it's not just treating the symptoms, but the actual pathology. Um, and so we know that this is going to be a really promising point in our research for treatments. We know it's not the silver bullet but it's starting to advance us forward in a way, like you said, to work on prevention of decline. So we can't speculate on the timeline, but we're optimistic that after the meeting in November and we learn more, we'll have a better understanding of what we can expect. And are there any other things in the pipeline uh, in terms of new therapies uh, besides the ones you just talked about that may be on the horizon in the next five to 10 years? Um, or is this our, is this our best hope for right now? The Alzheimer's Association is dedicated to researching not only treatments, but also prevention. And there have been a lot of studies that have come out around the risk reduction, early detection, early diagnosis sphere, including the EXERT study that was uh, was done with one of the leads in, uh, in North Carolina, Dr. Laura Baker, which found that um, through gentle exercise, including light aerobics and light stretching, we could prevent decline of mild cognitive impairment, which is huge because I think that what we're looking at now are ways to prevent individuals from from declining or accelerating or progressing to a dementia stage and mm-hmm. trying to keep them in an area where mild cognitive impairment, if we can stop the decline there, we can prevent so many millions of people from actually getting dementia. And so that's really a lot of what, you know, you're seeing a lot of prevention research that's going into it. We have them happening all over North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia um, that I'm familiar with. And then also there are always treatments that are being studied. As we mentioned, this is specifically uh, a a treatment for Alzheimer's disease because it addresses the beta amyloid. But we do know there are other causes of dementia. And so there's other research that's going on right now to help us address other types of dementia, like dementia with Lewy body or frontal temporal dementia. So there are other treatments that are looking at all pathologies for all diseases that cause dementia. 
And the Alzheimer's Association is a huge supporter of ensuring that there are no barriers to anyone being able to receive a safe treatment that could potentially reduce the progression of the disease. Yes, I know that that all of us, uh, you know, we have family members potentially affected or, or we know people who have family members affected. And the interesting thing is, you know, there are the treatments that are targeted directly at Alzheimer's disease. Uh, but some of the exciting things recently in terms of research have been about modifying other risk factors that may, we, we don't really know why yet. Uh, but for example, there was recently a study that said that, um, you know, people who were using cholesterol medication to lower their cholesterol had a 15% reduction in the risk of Alzheimer's. Um, and that was really interesting uh, because, you know, typically we think about cholesterol as affecting sort of the, the multi-infarct and vascular dementias, not necessarily Alzheimer's. Uh, but that was, you know, fairly impressive data to say, hey, if you're taking care of this other medical problem, you know, taking care of your cholesterol aggressively, that also may reduce your risk of uh, Alzheimer's. So, you know, anything we can do to, to decrease the burden of dementia, uh, both for patients and for families, I think is outstanding. Um, you know, we really appreciate what the uh, Alzheimer's Association does. I think, uh, you know, this past Saturday, you had the, the Walk for Alzheimer's. Uh, go on. And I would encourage people to look into that uh, every year and helping participate, uh, seeing how they can help the Alzheimer's Association in its battle to sort of beat back this disease and improve the quality of lives, not only for the patients, but, you know, for the families of patients. So it's uh, been really great uh, to have you on this week, Taylor. It's been an honor to have you. Uh, good luck to you in your efforts. And uh, in, we, we will continue to support the Alzheimer's Association and what you guys do. And uh, we appreciate all the things that you're working towards. Thank you very much, Dr. Forrest. And I will say that even though the walk to end Alzheimer's in Raleigh-Durham, uh, the Triangle Walk has ended, you can still become, uh, you can still join the fight because we'll be fundraising through December 31st. So even if you weren't able to attend the event, you can still join the fight. So visit alz.org backslash walk and find the walk near you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Taylor. Really appreciate it. And straight ahead, we're going to be getting more information on Alzheimer's disease with Dr. Forrest and discuss things that you can do to help. Also, our Access Health Trivia of the Week is coming up. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking Alzheimer's disease today. Perhaps you have a question for Dr. Forrest about Alzheimer's or dementia, and uh, maybe you're a caregiver. You would like some information there or what you can do for someone that's uh, suffering from Alzheimer's disease, or perhaps you have another question you would like to ask Dr. Forrest. Uh, Doc, how can they get in touch with you? Well, after the show, they can always listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com under Access Health Radio, or they can go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, we upload the show to Apple Podcasts. I think it's about an hour after we air on Sundays. Uh, if they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to ACCHealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. And if they have questions, like, you know, last week we did a mailbag show and answered uh, listener questions uh, they want us to answer on the show, they can send that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com, and we will try to get that answered on the show. 
Thanks very much, Dr. Forrest. Time now for our Access Health Tip of the Week. Well, the tip of this week may seem pretty simple, but a lot of people don't do it. Uh, In the same way that people shop around for the lowest prices on expensive items, you should always shop around for the lowest cost on your prescriptions and medical supplies. Uh, AHDRX.com is a useful website that will rank pharmacies in your area by their cost on a given medication, and it gives you coupons for whatever medicine you are taking. Uh, The web address there is AHDRX.com. That's AHDRX.com. And uh, recently I was told by the founder uh, of that uh, program that they are pricing uh, medications uh, 85% of the time lower than GoodRx. Uh, And if that's the case, and I checked that out the other day just to see, uh, and it looked like about a 40 to 50% savings over GoodRx Mm. at ahdrx.com. And the other thing is they even have a rewards program. So you kind of build points if you get your prescriptions. Uh, And it seems like that comes out to about 15% of what you spend. And at the end of the year, you might get a gift card or that kind of thing. So it's free to create a login. It's available on your phone or computer. Again, that's ahdrx.com. And in my opinion, it's better than others because it's going to give you the lowest price near you, but you also are going to earn rewards. It's sort of like how people use gas buddy to find the lowest price on gas. So this is the same type thing, except for medications and medical supplies. Yeah, it's a win-win. Thanks so much, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, we're going to go over our key points about Alzheimer's disease today and how you can help and our Access Health Radio's trivia of the week. Access Health Radio comes to you each week at this same time with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, time now for the Access Health Trivia of the Week. People providing unpaid care to those with Alzheimer's disease total 16 million people. And the amount of hours that they put in each year providing care for people with Alzheimer's is estimated to be $18.6 billion unpaid hours. Yep, that doesn't surprise me. I was one of those caregivers uh, for my dad who suffered from Alzheimer's. Mm. So, Dr. Forrest, what are the keys that you would like folks to take away from today's show? Well, first, uh, Alzheimer's disease is more common than you think, and the consequences and cost are devastating to patients and to families. Uh, You know, second, you can help by supporting organizations and families dealing with Alzheimer's disease, like, uh, you know, the Alzheimer's Association. Um, And, you know, we, again, would like to thank our special guest, uh, Taylor Wilson from the Alzheimer's Association that was here with us today, providing us that insight on some of the new research. Uh, That was very, very helpful. It certainly was. But that's all the time we have for this week, Dr. Forrest. Our scripture of the week this week comes from 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Thanks so much for listening to the Access Health Radio show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.